Welcome to Verified Rx, your prescription for success. Brought to you by the Vizient Center for Pharmacy Practice Excellence. Shifting eligible patient care out of an inpatient setting long predates the COVID-19 pandemic and is really starting to accelerate. Treating acute care patients through hospital-at-home programs has taken off, and early adopters are demonstrating success. I'm Gretchen Brummel, Pharmacy Executive Director in the Vizient Center for Pharmacy Practice Excellence and your program host. Sharing their advice and expertise with me today are Dr. Lori Gull, Manager of Pharmacy Operations, UMass Memorial Medical Center, and Dr. John Folstead, Pharmacy Operations Manager at Mayo Clinic Health System. Welcome, Lori and John. Hi, happy to be here. Thank you. Happy to be here as well. Tell me a little bit about yourselves and your organizations. My name is John Fulsted. I'm a pharmacy operations manager at Mayo Clinic Health System in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. That's one of the health system sites. Mayo Clinic has three major campuses, one in Rochester, Minnesota, one in Jacksonville, Florida, and then one in the Phoenix Scottsdale area, as well as a number of smaller health system hospitals throughout Wisconsin and Minnesota. So as a whole, we employ about 73,000 people and treat over 1.3 million patients annually. And Lori? Hi, I'm Lori Gall. I'm the manager of pharmacy operations at UMass Memorial Health here in Worcester, Massachusetts. We have two main campuses, University and Memorial Campus. Together, we have about 830 beds, and we employ about 13,000 folks within our system. Lori, let's start with you. What exactly is a hospital-at-home program? Okay, these are eligible patients with certain acute illnesses that require hospital level of care. They get physician or nursing care in the home, along with 24-hour coverage that is usually provided by a telemedicine type service. These patients require the inpatient level of care and they retain their inpatient status through their stay. Care is provided in a very similar manner to our brick and mortar patients that are in the hospital itself. This is different than a home health where home health services, these patients are still in their home, but they are not requiring the inpatient level of care that hospital at home patients are requiring. Very often, home health patients have different diagnostic criteria for receiving the home health services. The other differences are home health services do not have physicians providing care in the home or providers coming into the home. Hospital at home patients are required to have twice daily in-home nursing visits and at least one physician visit a day, which can be by a telemedicine or can be in the home. And how exactly are patients admitted to a hospital at home program? Initially, these patients have to be admitted into the hospital. They come in through generally the emergency department, and they are determined to have an acute need. With that, they are admitted to an inpatient level of care. Either they can stay with our experience at at UMass in the ED, once they're determined to have that inpatient level of care need, and they can either board in the ED or they can be admitted to an inpatient unit, depending on the need in the emergency department. These patients are identified either by the providers that are caring for them or hospital at home coordinators. Very often, these are nursing coordinators who will look at the patients and see if they meet criteria for hospital at home. These are certain diagnoses. The patients have to also meet criteria for minimum home environment. It has to be safe. There's very elementary level of running water, electricity, things such as that. They have to have certain cognitive abilities or family members that can provide for them if there is cognitive impairment. They also have to have certain diagnoses. 
and to also be determined to have continue to require that inpatient level of care. Very often, if these patients are going to be discharged over the next day, it doesn't really make sense to have them go into the hospital at home program. And to follow up on that, what types of patients are ideal candidates for hospital at home? So they are very often patients with primary diagnoses that meet criteria. These are COPD. We have seen a lot of COVID-positive patients, urinary tract infections that are complicated, pneumonia. So there's very strict criteria. But very often what we see is these patients have a lot of comorbidities. So they come in with these initial diagnoses that meet criteria, but they have a lot of other comorbidities. Well, that does give me a sense of the type of ideal patient. John, how are pharmacy services incorporated into this type of program? I think of pharmacy services in two buckets. We have the operational side and then the clinical side for pharmacy services. So I'll dive into each of those. From an operations standpoint, there's really two choices. You can either insource pharmacy services to your hospital pharmacy, or you can outsource pharmacy services to a vendor or contract pharmacy. So that's really just dependent on your organization and your state rules and regulations. If you are going to insource pharmacy services from your inpatient pharmacy, there can be some challenges with that. Just the overall lack of automation in the home setting and unit dose dispensing is often not patient friendly. So just a lot of logistics and other things to consider from an operational standpoint. From a clinical pharmacy services perspective, things are a lot more similar to the inpatient setting. We like to treat these patients and have the same clinical services provided by pharmacy as what we do for inpatient, our patients in the brick and mortar setting. Things we do, pharmacokinetic consults, renal dose adjustments, IV to PO conversions, antimicrobial stewardship, those type of things are all things we also provide for our home hospital patients. So really just trying to mirror our pharmacy clinical services in the inpatient or in the brick and mortar setting with those in the home hospital setting. That's helpful. Thank you. This is a newer phenomenon. I'm curious how your programs have developed since inception. The one thing that we've found within home hospital is it's constantly changing and constantly evolving. I guess just a few things that come to mind is our program here at Mayo Clinic started with both an acute phase, which would be your normal inpatient stay, as well as a restorative phase, which was more of a home health episode that was tacked on after their acute phase. We have since dropped that restorative phase within our market here in Northwest Wisconsin and really just focusing on the acutely ill patients. Then we've made numerous changes around our approach to delivery of medications, dispensing medications, just really trying to optimize care for these patients within the home. And Lori, what changes have you seen? Our program started a year ago. We started with about two patients. Our census has gone up to as high as 17. Through that, we have definitely seen challenges with dispensing of medications, but continually working with the team and understanding the constant collaboration with what they're facing as far as being in the home and the challenges there. So we are continually optimizing things such as receiving labs on time, making sure connectivity is good in the home so we can get appropriate charting for medications to follow up for those pharmacokinetic dosing recommendations, and just continually optimizing the delivery and the timing of medications because that is the biggest challenge, getting it to the home versus getting it up to the floor. It's great to hear about some of the improvements that you've both been able to make. John, why is this a relatively new type of program? It's a relatively new type of program, mostly due to the CMS waiver that went into effect in the fall of 2020. So prior to that, the majority of insurance companies did not pay for these types of visits or at least did not reimburse at a, a rate that was acceptable to hospital systems. So the CMS waiver basically waived some of the physical environment requirements and other Medicare requirements for inpatient stays and basically showed that Medicare would reimburse the same as they would for a brick and mortar inpatient stay. So that really spurred organizations to take this on and develop these types of programs. 
I'm probably opening up a can of worms here, but what are some of the pharmacy-specific challenges that can come up with this type of program, and how can you address these? One of the major, most complicated things is the EHR. Our electronic health record is really not designed well for hospital at home. There is a lot of changes that has to be made and a lot of workarounds that have to be designed to care for these patients in their homes. The dispensing of medications is definitely one of the other bigger challenges, working with getting medications to the home or to the nurses to deliver to the home versus getting it up to the floor with a technician. Delay in medications or figuring out what the appropriate administration time should be. Sometimes that can differ with then what you're dealing with in the hospital. The other thing is looking at your medication policies, your medication use policies. A lot of those things have to be looked at through the lens of hospital at home and see where those differences are so you can make sure all staff are aware of the changes and the differences in that so they can still practice within the policy, but realizing there are some differences there. John, what challenges have you seen? Our biggest challenge continues to be logistics with dispensing and with getting labs drawn appropriately for our pharmacokinetic patients or just getting labs drawn so we can review them prior to the end of the day. Things like that that are really non-issues in the hospital are really big, important things within the home hospital setting that make it a real challenge for us as pharmacy practitioners to provide the same clinical services that we provide for our brick-and-mortar patients. So lots of opportunities for us to contribute to improvement. In your experience, how are payers managing hospital-at-home patients? Medicare is paying for hospital-at-home. At UMass have seen other commercial payers also paying for hospital-at-home. We think that will continue depending on the status of the program and the CMS waiver and extension. But right now, we are seeing a lot of commercial payers providing care for payment for those patients. John, is that what you're seeing as well? After the waiver went through, we have seen a number of commercial payers come online and begin paying for these types of services. So we also expect that to continue to increase over time and really support these types of programs. And what are some of the approaches to dispensing controlled substances in this setting? Controlled substances are a unique challenge and really state and health system specific. So unfortunately, I can't get into too many details just because it does differ so much state by state and even within our program here at Mayo Clinic between the Florida and Wisconsin markets. There are various options, whether you dispense them from your inpatient pharmacy or contract with a third-party retail pharmacy or the vendor to do that. Unfortunately, that is something that's very state-specific based on your board of pharmacy and state regulations. Lori, what's your experience? My experience is is very, very similar to what John had mentioned. We are not dispensing here from the inpatient pharmacy, so we are with a retail pharmacy as well. But it does, in speaking with other folks around the country, it does vary very much. So I think engaging with those regulatory bodies to make sure you're dealing with it is appropriate. So have those challenges ever precluded you from admitting a patient to a hospital at home program at your organization? Yes, it has, actually. There's been a few different patients where because of certain medication needs, whether it be controlled substances or compounded sterile products, there has been the need to either send them back to the brick and mortar or keep them in the brick and mortar, not admit them to the hospital at home. That's interesting. What's the position of regulatory agencies in regards to these types of programs? In general, the regulatory agencies really haven't adapted to this care model yet. Most boards of pharmacies and the Joint Commission really don't have specific regulations around home hospital patients. So we're using our current framework for the brick and mortar and trying to apply those to the home hospital setting, which is a real challenge. My recommendation would just be to engage with your compliance and regulatory and legal departments within your health system to really look through this and, and determine what is possible and what is not possible based on the current environment. 
I can add to that as far as joint commission, we have surveyors that come in and we are engaging them as well to keep that on the radar for if and when joint commission does actually survey these patients, we'll be prepared for that. That's good to know. So what would you like frontline pharmacists to know about a hospital at home program? For frontline pharmacists, first and foremost, understanding really what it is, how it differs from caring for the brick and mortar patients and understanding what we do for the brick and mortar patients. The ultimate goal is the same, but may be provided in a little bit different way to the hospital at home patients. Presentation of medications, are they appropriate for the home? What we would again do for the brick and mortar patients, we may have to provide a different presentation of medication for the nurses to administer in the home always thinking of medication safety and trying to wear that different hat or thought process as you're approaching those patients and keeping medication safety and medication use in mind for those patients. Can either of you share additional pearls for success with this type of program? From a pearls for success, I think the most important thing we can do is make sure pharmacy is involved or engaged at all levels of the home hospital program. That starts with when you're developing your program up until go live and then beyond. So making sure pharmacy is part of any home hospital operations committees or groups, any safety, compliance, med airs, those types of groups to make sure that everyone has pharmacy as a front and center piece to the home hospital process. Often we become forgotten because the meds just appear in the brick and mortar hospital, but that's not the case in the home hospital setting. So I just highly encourage everyone to really make sure you're getting involved in the broader home hospital groups right from the get-go. To expand on that a little bit, being involved from the very beginning is imperative. Having that open line of communication with providers, nurses, leadership, so they understand everyone's on the same page as far as the path that we think we're going down. It avoids miscommunication. Pharmacy is so complex, and it takes a long time sometimes for them to realize how complex this whole process is. Just having those conversations early and how medications get there, as John mentioned, communicating early and often, really engaging leadership on the complexities of pharmacy and the legal requirements as well. And just one other thing to add here, we recently put a pharmacist in our virtual command center. So with a virtual nursing and provider group, and that's been a huge success in just bridging that communication gap and really making sure everyone's on the same page and that pharmacy services are being incorporated appropriately and that pharmacy is involved in all those key decisions from a clinical standpoint. That's a really good idea and great advice. What advice would you have for someone looking to start this type of program at their organization? First and foremost, resources. It really takes a tremendous amount of dedication and time from leadership, but not only leadership. Informatics is crucial to making this work. Having a dedicated pharmacist to be able to shepherd medications through the process, identifying patients, doing the troubleshooting for these patients as they get transferred from inpatient brick and mortar to the hospital at home. It's a tremendous amount of time. Just to add to that, to really try to do your best to treat these patients as if they were in the brick and mortar hospital. That was the framework we started with was how can we adapt to provide those services. Some of them are quite challenging to provide, but I think it's important that we don't allow ourselves to decrease the level of care just because the patient's at their home and not in the brick and mortar hospital. Yeah, it's definitely a shift in mindset to continue to bring yourself back to that concept of acute care at home. Where do you see this space moving in the future? The space will continue to expand and continue to take on new and different patient populations. Here at Mayo Clinic, we continue to explore different subsets of patients that we think would be good candidates for this type of service. We're starting to admit some of the post-surgical patients. Like Lori mentioned earlier, we have our COPD, heart failure, pneumonia type patients you know, that we currently take, but we're continuing to expand and look at different use cases. And I think that'll be 
a continued push going into the future as we look to continue to expand the program. I agree. I think this is going to continue to grow. There's more and more programs that we're hearing about folks starting with the ongoing bed crunch all across the country. We're looking for safe ways to get patients out of the brick and mortar into their homes. It's been proven that they do better in the home. Just expanding on that and getting them to recover in the home, I think will just prove to be better outcomes for the patients over a long time. Well, Lori and John, thank you so much for joining us today to share your insights and expertise. It's been wonderful having you on. Thank you. It was a joy to be here. Thank you. It was, it was great. And to our listeners, please join us for more Verified Rx podcasts. Subscribe today, like us, and send us your comments. We'd love to hear from you. Verified Rx is your prescription for success and is brought to you by the Vizian Center for Pharmacy Practice Excellence. I'm Gretchen Brummel. Thanks for listening.